Welcome to Breakpoint Podcast, a show that dedicates itself to the best racket sport in the world. For the most extensive tennis podcast, let's join Ryan Tennyson, Josh Campbell, Joel Fritchie, and your host, Val Serena Williams made her return to the WTA at Indian Wells this week, reaching the third round before falling to her sister Venus a result that she would generally consider to be mediocre, but under the circumstances, the performance has caused a great deal of optimism amongst tennis experts. This is Breakpoint Podcast. I'm your host, Val Febo. Uh, Joel Fritchie is in the studio with me today. We've got so much to get through. We've got uh, Indian Wells. We're going to talk all about that. Serena's return to the WTA um, and a lot of more of what's happened, um, what, what Venus can possibly do with her tournament, the women's results so far. Again, it's been topsy-turvy. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, Simona Halep still in the draw, but Caroline Wozniacki is out. There's so many players that, that could be going, and, and I'm really not sure what's, what we're going to see for the rest of the tournament there. We've got the men's tournament. Roger Federer still looks as good as ever. Juan Martin Del Potro playing some phenomenal tennis as well. But before we look at any of that, Joel Fritchie is in the house with me today. And Joel, as I said before, um, Serena, her results. Um, mm. What did you make of it, first and foremost? And how are you? I forgot to ask. It's a bit rude of me. <laughs> no, I'm very well, Val. I'm, I'm very well, first of all. Um, and look, I mean, I don't think we should get sort of too caught up in, in uh, Serena's comeback. But having said that, I think it's it's quite the effort, um, you know, having uh, having been through a pregnancy um, to actually reach um, where she did and eventually go down to Venus. Because, I mean, we know that Serena Williams is... A, a tremendous athlete, a, probably the best female athlete yep. we've we've possibly ever seen, uh, let alone tennis. But I mean, I don't think it really um, takes even a doctor to explain that you know once you go through a pregnancy that you know you've you're going to have um, some some recovery to do, and of course it takes different people, um, I guess, yep. different periods of time to uh, to recover from that, get your body right um, back to I guess where it needs to be, so to speak, in a good physical condition, and um, you know. Just, just considering that, um, yeah, just considering that, it's, it's, it's fantastic to see that she's uh, got back to where she is, playing some good tennis so quickly. Um, and I mean, that's not to, that's not to mention all the tennis that she has missed. And yeah. our sport, well, fourteen months um, exactly. Yeah, fourteen months exactly. And look, our sport as well isn't isn't exactly one where you know you can miss fourteen months and all of a sudden you just walk straight back in and you're playing your best again. It's that doesn't work like that. No. So, um, but, you know, regardless of the name Serena Williams, it's it's uh, it's an incredible feat to come back uh, f- from that. Yeah, and I think it's it's it was never going to be easy. And I think her performance, as I said in the opener that it is causing a lot of optimism amongst tennis experts and fans around the world because, look, she, she beats some players that, that are quite good and, and one of them is a former a Roland Garros semi-finalist in Kiki Burton's, the 29th seed. She beat her 7-6, 7-5 in the second round and also Serena Diaz in the first round, 7-5, 6-3 before falling to Venus, the 8th seed. Um, she got that match practice against a top 10 player, even though it is her sister. Um, 6-3, 6-4 was the scoreline. It was a lot more even than what the scoreline suggests. It suggests very lopsided, but there weren't many yeah. breaks of serve. And 4-3 isn't bad either. No, it's really not. And um, I think it, it, Venus probably would have been a bit nervous because she hadn't beaten Serena mm. since 2014 in Montreal. So it was, it's was it been a long time between drinks since she has um, knocked her little sister off. I think Serena had won their last uh, four or five meetings. So it, it's, it would, have, would not have been easy for her. And I think looking at, looking at the match as a whole... Um, to see the two of them playing against each other, and especially in such a milestone tournament for Serena, um, I, I thought that was 
that'd be one of the most talked about matches for for years to come. In Serena's comeback, they're thirty seven and thirty six respectively, <laughs> um, playing each other, both still playing competitive tennis. Oh, I just think it's it's a marvelous story, and um, yeah, looking at Serena, do do you think after seeing her for the first time this week, is she ever going? And I know it's a very hard question to ask considering she's only played one week, but from this week, can you make enough of her or out enough of her to see whether she will get back to a slam or world number one? Um, Grand slam, yes. I think she'll win her Okay, yep. all right. Yep, she's she's that good. And this she's... year or maybe next year? Um, I'll say next year, definitely. Possibly the US this year. Um, but I'm not so sure about Roland Garros or Wimbledon. Um, but that said, I mean, Serena just has the assets that, I'd say 98% of the other women don't have. So yep. um, I, because it's her, um, I, I think, yes, um, you know, she's more than capable of winning another slam and possibly actually uh, getting back to world number one. Yeah, well, I, I do. I agree that she's a chance to win another slam. I don't think it will be this year, even at the US. I just think she's going to have a lot of time um, or she's going to have to try and get herself back into the swing of things. Sharapova has struggled a lot in her return. Um, she's lost a lot of matches that have been, or that would have been uncharacteristic of her to lose at the start of her career or midway through her yeah. career when she was dominating. Um, so Serena, I think she, it's going to take time for her to come back onto the tour and, and really make inroads into that mm. top 10, but it's been a good start. Yeah, well, I think unlike Maria, as, as I said, I think because it's it's Serena, she just has such a rare asset um, mm. in women's tennis, and that is just that raw power that the vast majority of the other players don't have. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it, as we've seen over many years, it's just so hard to stop. Yeah, and it is. And that's the thing. Like, she is, she's a freight train when she wants to be. And it's extremely difficult to counter that. And, you know, we've seen it on, on a few occasions here and there. Angelique Kerber's done it um, at times, and uh, or especially at the 2016 Australian Open, where no one thought it was really possible to beat Serena. Um, but... You know, she did it, Flavia Panetta did it at the US Open back in 2015 when Serena had won the previous three Grand Slams, was going for the calendar slam that year. And mm. um, look, it's 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 going to be a fun ride. And I think that can add to sort of the drama that we've seen of the WTA over the last year since Serena has been absent from the tour. And um, I think it's an exciting prospect for the for tennis to see her back and to see how she will go and compete with the players that have been able to capitalize on her not being there. So... They've been able yeah. to get their confidence back or confidence up. Um, she's still finding her feet. And I think that that sort of competitiveness, you know, Serena coming back against this not really new guard, but the the players that have sort of taken over that mantle of world number one since she's been gone. And um, look, it's going to be an extremely exciting um, tournament uh, or sorry, year to come on the WTA. But looking at... Serena and Venus. This is, and I don't, I don't know if you know about this, Joel, but back in 2001, the two the players met at Indian Wells. Serena and Venus yeah. have not played there since then. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that was in a final. Um, let's double check this, but um, they were both booed severely that night, and it was a, a, a was a ra- it was all racial, racially yeah. um, condoned, which is which is disgusting. It was a semi final in 2001. They haven't played since then, and. They both boycotted the tournament until 2015 when Serena went back, then Venus the uh, following year. So it's it's great to see the two of them playing there again after such a long time. I don't think anybody ever thought that they would see them play there again. And this is 
possibly the last time they'll ever play at Indian Wells. So I think it's a nice little bookend for both of their careers that they did get to meet there again after the negativity that happened there in 2001. And look, I think it's... uh, I, I honestly reckon if we move into the WTA, I think... Do you think Venus now on that bottom side of the draw is is one of the favourites to take or to at least get to the final? Um, after beating her sister, yeah, yeah. Look, on on a normal day, um, I guess probably if you can say pre-pregnancy Serena, then you'd say yes for sure. Um, but I think this time with with Serena, despite the fact that it is Serena, and you know it's all, all the stuff that we've spoken about um you you take it with a bit more of a pinch of salt just because she is coming back from uh from such a long um stint out but i, I guess you look at you look at the rest of the field there have been some upsets yeah um, or a lot of them as well yeah a um, lot of them so in, in a lot of ways it's kind of it's wta tennis at its best yeah. um but i guess given that given that pattern um yeah it's it's yeah i find it difficult to sort of pick Venus to, to win this title just because of that. Um, I, I guess when, when there are a lot of upsets like that as well, and it, it doesn't really matter how good the player is, it can be Serena, it can be Venus, it can be Wozniacki, whoever. Um, when there's, I guess, that, that narrative and that storyline to a tournament, yeah. it, it really does um, it really does kind of um, really keep going through the rest of the tournament. Yeah. And, and That's- I yeah, when, when that happens, it's a bit like um, Wimbledon on the men's side. I think it was... Might have been 2011 um, when um, Stokowski beat Roger Federer. It was just 2013. One the, 2013. It was just one of those tournaments. It's kind of the same here. Well, that tournament in itself, the one you mentioned, that was the day. There was a day on that in that tournament. It was either day three or four when all these champions fell. I think Sharapova lost, Federer lost, Hewitt lost. All these players ended up just falling out of nowhere, and it ended up opening an avenue for Jerzy Janowicz. To make the yeah. final, to make the semifinals that year, and um, that bottom side of the draw was so open, and uh, even I think Adrian Manorino got through to the fourth round that year. Your favourite player, Joel, and um, <laughs> but yeah, and narratives—they're a beautiful thing in sport, and I think we've seen so many of them in tennis over the last year, especially with Roger and Rafa, and then on the other side, Serena winning a Grand Slam, pregnant as we mentioned before, and Muguruza getting that Wimbledon title, Ostapenko, Sloane Stevens after being in almost obscurity in August, coming through yeah. and winning a Grand Slam, and all four Americans making all four Americans making the semifinals on the WTA. Um, you know, Grigor Dimitrov's rise. Um, there's been so many unbelievable stories from tennis over the last year. Petra Kvitova's return, um, yeah. Ash Barty playing so well. So look, it's the narratives are a beautiful thing, and I think that's what we cling to as members of the media um, looking at tennis, and I think that's or looking at sport, and I think that's why this Serena story is so gravitating because it is it's it's just remarkable what she's been able to do and to come back and perform so well I guess um you know even you know even though she lost in the third round as I said it's a mediocre result by her standards but yeah. in the, under the circumstances this is this is a great result yeah. it'll get her ranking mm-hmm. up a little bit more not that she'll need to because she'll just get as many wild cards as she wants she's Serena Williams but um and looking at going forward at Venus what a narrative that would be for her to take um, uh, the premier event like Indian Wells um, on her third attempt back since 2001. I just think it would be an amazing, amazing narrative um, for her to go on and do it. And that's why I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing it happen. But 
um, who knows with the WTA, you, you just really don't do exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's been it's been well. Look, Muguruza, shocking loss in her first round. We'll move to a bit of a review of what's happened so far, and then we'll go for our predictions of what's what's going to happen for the rest of the tournament. Only nine seeds reach the final sixteen. Six of them through to the quarterfinals. Um, Garbinia Muguruza, as I said, shocking loss to Sasha Vickery was up six two three love in the second round. So her first match of the tournament, but ended up falling two six seven five six one. So an absolute obliteration from her uh, or from Vickery um, to finish that match off. But Muguruza, look, as I said last year, I didn't think she'd she'd win another slam again. She proved me wrong, got to world number one, won Wimbledon, ended her French Open hangover. Um, she is... she. I, I just don't know what to expect from her anymore. She's one of them. She's a very inconsistent player when she wants to be, and she she's been known to blow some really big leads. Yeah. How do you think she can go about getting her mental state to a point where, if she's in front, she can put the foot on the throttle and just finish a match? Because she seems to be one that, when matches do get or players do come back against top ten players, it seems to be against her. We've seen it at the U.S. Open against. I think it was Sevastova uh, two years ago, and now seeing it in um, in Indian Wells, what can she do? And even mm. in um, even at the Australian Open against Sue Say, she's got to figure out how to sort of finish matches off and win it in a tight moment. Yeah, well, she? yeah, well, Gabini is a bit of a a bit of a strange one in the sense that even when she's down, um, you you don't really tend to see a lot of. Um, a lot of emotion from her. No, um, and that's good, I guess. Yeah, it's it's good, but uh, I guess um, in in our positions though, it makes it a lot harder to sort of address what what she might need to do. And because of the way she plays as well, like when she's on, she she hits the line. So it's a very it's a very kind of uh, sort of low percentage game in you know a lot of ways. So obviously when it's off, and you know you miss your shots. Um, yeah. So in that sense, you can't just say, "Well, she she's got to keep you know playing her usual game," because if that kind of game is off, then you're only going to keep sliding downhill. So, um, I mean, it's just it's such a tough one with her, especially. Um, you know, it's not like a it's not like a another player, um, for example, like a Pliskova or something, who's got a big serve. She's tall. Um, you know, she's got a lot of weapons. Um, of course, Garbina has a lot of that too, but not to the same. Um, level, so it, it's just it's such such a strange one with her, and I think the biggest thing, as we mentioned, is the fact that she just doesn't show um, a lot of emotion. So no, in in it's good in a way, as you said, Val, but in in a lot of ways, it's it's yeah. for us, it's bad. Not not so much for her because she stays kind of calm. Yeah. But yeah, in that way, it's um, I guess you sometimes you maybe want to want to show uh, want to see players mm. show. Emotion, she does which... get angry, but she doesn't. She does, but she she manages to keep her emotions yeah. in check, which is good. She sort of, uh, I think, Kane Ishikori is probably on another level. You never see him. Yeah, never ever e- yeah. E- show any happiness or or <laughs> sadness on on yeah. court. But um, I, I think I think you are right there, and I think maybe showing a little emotion could could help. But look, I, I don't I don't necessarily mind how she yeah. is on court. I like her demeanour. Um, and that said, though, yeah. as well, I mean, um, you know, we shouldn't be too hypocritical because we shoot, no. we often shoot down a lot of players for showing yeah. too much emotion. So, so that's why I don't I don't mind that, that yeah. style of her game. But I, I just don't know what she can do. I want her to take that to, to that next level because she's, if she's playing consistent tennis week in, week out, she it has the capabilities to take over that mantle as you know, maybe a five-time, six-time Grand Slam champion. So I think because we see that potential in her, she's just sort of not living up to it at the moment. And yes, she's been world number one, but I think she can be better. 
I really Absolutely. do. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that that's a bit of a worry for her. But look, she wasn't the only top seed to to fall early in Indian Wells. We saw um, Ostapenko fall to Petra Martic and Elena Svitolina fall to Carla Suarez-Navarro, who you quote-unquote said, um, <laughs> what was it? Uh, she's one of the ugliest players to watch. Um, yeah. So uh, I did say care that. to elaborate why you think she's so bad to watch? Because I don't mind watching <laughs> her play. I love how she's got a one-handed backhand. It's a very, it's a rarity in in. The, on the WTA, that one-handed backhand. I think it's glorious, and I love watching her run around, but why do you think she's so boring or, or just an unpleasant player to watch? Um, yeah, I, I think she she reminds me a lot, um, in a lot of ways, of Caroline Wozniacki when um, she, she was at this point in her career where um, she really struggled to find that little bit of X factor and just put players away. Mm. She was always in points. She's a fighter. Um, but when push came to shove, she just didn't have what it took to actually beat an opponent. Whereas, yep. um, you know, she kind of won a lot of her matches by wearing people down and letting them lose the match. Um, so in a lot of ways, it's kind of like that. Um, maybe I'm being harsh. I don't know because she does have that one, uh, that um, single-handed backhand, as as you said, Val. And yep. for what it's worth, I actually think she's been quite good this season. Yeah, and she has um, quarterfinals at the Australian Open. Now yeah. quarterfinals at Indian Wells. Um, she's she's been phenomenal. So look, good on her. Um, she joined well, fell well, some a big a big result from this tournament that I thought uh, to get through to the fourth round. Sixteen year old Amanda Anasimova, uh, first player from two thousand and one to play in a Grand Slam at the French Open last year, won a wild card playoff in America, reached the fourth round here after me, uh, in Indian Wells after de- defeating I can't speak today Parmentier, Pavlichenkova, and Kvitova all in straight sets. And then lost to Pliskova six one seven six this morning. This girl has a lot of X factor, and she seems, along with Marta Kostiuk, that next sort of wave of players that are coming through the WTA next gen seems to be yeah. a lot younger than the ATP next gen because <laughs> yeah. they're all fifteen and sixteen coming up. And Anna Samova, like what a week from her in her home country to do this and to beat some real top quality players like Pavlichenkov, a quarterfinalist at all four Grand Slams, Kvitova, a two-time Wimbledon champion, Parmentier is no slouch. And then that's the 7-6 to Pliskova. That's pushing her. That is really pushing that's her. A good effort. Yeah. I think that's a phenomenal effort. She joined fellow young Americans, Caroline Dolhide, uh, six, 165th in the world, 19-year-old, who pushed Simona Halep to three sets in the third round, and Danielle Collins, 117th in the world, 24 years old. She reached the fourth round, lost to Carlos Suarez Navarro this morning. So, look, that young American crop, I know we say it a lot, there's a lot of upside there. And with Coco Vandeweghe, Venus and Serena still there, Sloane Stevens. Hasn't done overly much since winning the U.S. Open, but Madison Keys, there's so many players there at CC Ballas as well mm. that have potential to do extreme things on the WTA, and I think it's really exciting that um, that the Americans they won the Fed Cup last year. I think they can start a real dynasty here, like sort of what the Czech Republic have started and and so or started back a few years ago. I honestly think they can do it again because this is really scary with some of the talent that they've got coming through the ranks. Yeah, well, it's it's on both sides of the tour, really. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at their women's crop, they've still got a strong women's crop um, in the peak of their careers. 
Um, obviously, we, we see from this Indian Wells tournament that um, you know there are a lot of good young female players coming through. And you look at the other side, there's a lot of uh, players ranked quite high. Obviously, your your Sock, Isna, Query, these kind of guys, Steve Johnson, um, and then you look a bit lower, and you've got you've got someone like Francis Tiafo, who's sort of been yeah. there or thereabouts for a couple of years now, hasn't really hit his straps yet. But um, you know, from what we uh, from what we uh, expect, we're going to see him really. Uh, really come out of his shell um, before too long. So, look, if you're American and you're a tennis fan, it's a pretty good time to be alive right now. Well, yeah, no, you're 100% right. And look, I think they're a chance for Fed and Davis Cup this year. So it's exciting times ahead. The last two quarterfinal spots at Indian Wells on the WTA draw have been filled in the last couple of hours or in the last hour pretty much with Daria Kasatkina upsetting Caroline Wozniacki, your girl, Josh. Mm, Good win. uh, My name's Joel, by the way. Oh my god! <laughs> Seriously, I'm having a bad. I'm having a bad day today. I might as well just leave and you do the show by yourself. Um, Kasatkina defeated Wozniacki. Joel, your girl. There we go. Got it right. Yep. Um, my girl. Six four seven five. That's a massive win. Kasatkina's in some superb form. Final in Dubai, losing to Svitolina. Um, look, she's looking phenomenal at the moment. She's 20 years old in the top 20. Mm. Um, I think we're going to see a lot from her over the next couple of years and or next 10 years maybe. And this is a perfect start for her, getting through to the quarterfinals. And Angelique Kerber has just absolutely destroyed Caroline Garcia. Have a guess at the scoreline. Uh, this is a match I didn't watch. so that's Just finished pretty much five minutes ago. Just finished five minutes ago. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Um, uh, I'll go... Because she's French, I'll say uh, a double baguette. 6-1, uh, 6-1. Six, one, six, one. You, you checked the score, surely. No, I didn't, no. Oh, wow, you're right. Oh, you okay. are correct. Well, six one six one, an absolute obliteration of Garcia, who is who's not in bad form, but Kerber's just looking really good at the moment. So the quarterfinal lineups in Indian Wells are Halep against Martic, Osaka against Pluskova, Venus against Carlos Suarez Navarro, Kasatkina against Kerber. So let's go with your picks, Joel. Who do you think will uh, will win this title? I'll, I'll get your semi final result as well. So Halep Martic, who wins? Uh, I've got to go with Simona Halep. Simona yeah. Halep, Osaka Pliskova. Bear in mind, Osaka can pull some performances yeah, I was, out of nowhere. I was actually going to say Osaka, um, having what actually watched her uh, yeah. at the Australian Open. She's playing really well. So Halep, Osaka, Venus or Suarez Navarro? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say CSN. CSN, wow. Yeah. All right, he's changed his verdict. Uh, Kasatkina or Kerber? Uh, Kerber. Kerber. All right, so, you're, so Halep or Osaka? Osaka. Osaka for the final. Yep. Okay. Um, let me write this down. So, Joel, Joel had Osaka and then Venus or Kerber. Uh, no, sorry, CSN or Kerber. Angie. Angie. And who wins? Angie. Angie. No worries. All right. Well, there's your pick. Um, that's... Mm. That's an interesting final. It's a, it's Should a, Osaka get there? That is a massive effort from it's, her. It's a tasty, a, taste, a very tasty uh, lineup. Well, chalk sure. and cheese, I guess, in their in their game styles. Uh, Osaka just smacks any ball. She's sort of like the Dave Warner, <laughs> if you look at cricket terms. The Dave Warner of tennis just hits it, and all the Stefan train of the WTA just goes for her shots and um and tries to get as many back as she can. And Kerber is just that ultra defensive block that sort of sort of pong. If you will, if you're playing Pong, you know, do you remember that game? I remember Pong, yes. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> uh, I think, didn't Andy Roddick do an American Express ad for them when he's playing against Pong? I remember those uh, ads. I can't remember that. I, exactly. I think we have to, we have to look this up because I remember, I think I remember those ads. They were hilarious. Um, but that might have been just a fight. 
10 year old me finding something funny so we'll uh, we'll leave that behind but so i've got um halep and pliskova making the semi-finals venus and Kerber also in the other semi-final halep venus final and i've got halep winning so i reckon she'll try and rectify her australian open uh final result there to get through so the aussies just a quick run through of how they did gavrilova lost in the third round to caroline garcia uh stoza and Barty lost in the second to mladenovic and uh not garcia i wrote that wrong it was sakari um uh, respectively there so um yeah, poor results probably for the Australians. Gavrilova probably did better than I thought she would. I thought she might lose in the in her first match, but she got through. Um, Stoza did well, got through her match, and then unfortunately ran into Mladenovic that played well on the day, and Maria Sakari has ended up getting through to the fourth round as well. So brilliant stuff from her, and um, the Aussies, they can move on to Miami and see how they go there. We'll take a quick break, Joel, but after afterwards, we're going to look at how the men are going and what's happened on the other side of Indian Wells. You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Remember to tune in every week on Wooshka as we update you with the best tennis news in the world. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook Breakpoint or at Breakpoint One. Keep listening as we discuss the rest of the tennis news. This is Breakpoint Podcast. We're talking all things Indian Wells, Val Furbo and Joel Fritchie in the house tonight in our Brunswick home. And we can't wait to get stuck into the men's draw. We've looked at the females. Joel's got Kerber winning. I've got Halep. Who knows? Could be those two in the final. Joel doesn't, mm-hmm. certainly doesn't think so. And I, I had Kerber going out in the semis. So um, we'll see who's right in our competition. We've got to get the picks from Ryan and Josh as well. They're not here today, so we hope to see them next week. But the men's side of the draw, Joel, it's been pretty exciting. There's been probably as many ups, uh, upsets in the men's as yeah. the women's. And look, the the only one or the only real constant that we've that we've seen through this tournament is Federer. He's he's just looked in supreme form. Bit rusty against Federico Dalbonis, but look, he destroyed Kranjevic in the second round or in the third round. Claimed 17 points in a row at one stage. That's scary. <laughs> that is scary. Beat him in 51 minutes. Can anyone stop him here? Uh well, I think there's one person that can stop him. And I think I know who you're talking about. Yep, he's a big tall fellow. He's from South America, <laughs> specifically Argentina. Yep. One Martin Del Potro. The Tower of Tandil. Yeah, I honestly think he's the only one. I thought Chilich probably could, but he fell to Philip Kohlschreiber this morning, 6-4, 6-4. So it's... Um, look, I think it's a bit difficult um, now for Chilich because he's out. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's It feels like there's a gaping hole now in that men's draw behind Federer and Nadal when he's when he's fit. Because Djokovic isn't right, um, and we'll get to him in a sec. Yeah. Um, Nadal's not playing. Zverev is in far from ideal form. Dimitrov <laughs> lost early. Uh, team's retired injured. Uh, Sock, I don't trust him with anything. <laughs> Anderson and Del Potro are the next best players along with Chilich. I just think there is that... There's, there's turning now into a gaping hole where if Federer doesn't retire mm. or doesn't decline quickly... He's going to dominate for a very long time still, and so will Nadal. And if Djokovic and Murray get back to their best, in two years' time, we could see the four of them still dominating tennis yeah. after so many years. And I think it's... Do you think it's actually starting to get worrying that these players aren't taking that leap that they should be? Well, I mean, there's not a lot of things that Roger Federer can't do, but maybe the rest of the tour needs, to, needs him to get pregnant or something. But um, no, I mean, seriously, like... Um, <laughs> that I was not expecting you to say. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think in a lot of... In a lot of cases, um, sort of, you look at the upper echelon of the 
of the ATP tour. There's a lot of injury there at the moment. A lot of a lot of the players, their bodies yeah. just aren't right. Um, obviously, Djokovic, Nadal, Vavrinka, so those and three Stan guys. as well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, straight off. Obviously, Andy Murray's um, sort of you know nowhere at the moment because he, he's injured as well. Yeah. Um, so look, there is a bit of a quality vacuum, so to speak, um, in that top ten. Um, and that that next little bracket, like a Dimitrov or a team, um, you could probably argue. Uh, the case of Dimitrov because he he won the uh, of course he won the uh, season in final last year yeah. yeah but um apart from that really none of these other guys have sort of taken that next step so no. to speak on a consistent basis yeah. of course and we've seen guys like Del Potro um, win a slam but yeah. but um, he's never won a Masters one thousand yeah and a lot of these guys have they've won you know a slam um but haven't really been able to sort of uh, keep up that level of tennis. No, and look, I think Zverev has been extremely disappointing. He lost to Jao Souza, who was your slider of the week, coincidentally, yeah. last week, seven five five seven six four. I think it's extremely disappointing from him. He was, I thought he was probably abhorrent at the Australian Open, losing, I love that word. That's a big word, um, yeah. Because his, his finish to that match against Yun Chung was pathetic. Five points in the fifth set. Got through Alex Diminor and Nick Kyrgios at the Davis Cup. I thought, all right, maybe he's hit, hit a bit of form now. And then he's lost in the first round of his first match of Indian Wells. I just think, look, this is best of three sets now. Come on, surely you'll be able to compete a little bit. Um, but, yeah. And look, it's Sousa played extremely well. But this is a match that Zverev really needs to, to win. And it's a tournament that he really needed to make a point. And he hasn't done that. And no. my, look, look, he'll go to Miami. If he doesn't make a point there... I, I fear for his season, to be honest. He's lost his coach, Juan Carlos Ferrero. They've had a difficult or a disagreement. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm at a loss at the moment for Zverev. I really think he needs to, he needs to change something because his start to the season has been far from what, far from ideal. Yeah, well, um, of course, we were speaking about Garbina Muguruza a bit earlier. How she doesn't show a whole lot of emotion. Alex Zverev does show some emotion. It's fair too to say. much. Do you think? Uh, well, well, this is the thing, actually. When he gets frustrated, he shows, you know, far too much. Um, he's one of those players where, um, you know, if he if he's down and he does get frustrated, then he makes it visibly obvious that he's frustrated. So it's very easy to get on top yeah. of him. So in his case, obviously, he's still a young player. That's what he needs to fix, first yeah. and foremost. And he hasn't really done it in the last couple of years. We've seen it be uh, a constant problem with him. Um, and, of course, then there's the, the physical... Um, the physical problem, which will he'll he'll gradually fix, um, yeah, you know, course. as he as he matures, as his body matures. But of course, we've seen it at Grand Slam level. He just can't um, go the distance in five set matches. We saw that against Chung. Um, we saw that against Nadal a couple of years ago, albeit against you know Rafa, who's you know probably the most durable player just about on on the tour. Um, probably feeling the effects of that now, but yeah, of course he's a warrior. So yeah, first and foremost, though, he needs to fix the mental side of his game, um, and then I think the physical will come naturally. Yeah, no, that's, and look, the physical side will always come as you get more experience on the tour. The mental side, as you say, I think is the most important thing for Zverev to try and fix it. We've seen he's mentally imploded from a lot of matches and that's been his undoing. So, uh, really difficult stuff for him to, to lose and it's probably a bitter pill for him to swallow. So, um, I, I think, um, from what Juan Carlos Ferrero said, he's, he doesn't seem to be 
as professional as some would like him to be. But then on the other side, Zverev said that he was starting to have arguments with Zverev and his family. So um, who knows whose side of the story is true. I reckon it's probably somewhere in the middle there. Um, but yeah, disappointing stuff from Zverev to start the season. Um, Dominic Team, as I said, retired with an ankle injury. Jack Sock lost to Feliciano Lopez in three sets today. Philip Kohlschreiber produced a vintage display to defeat Marin Cilic. Um, but Taro Daniel, wow. What a win over Novak Djokovic, five-time Indian Wells champion. Um, 7-6, 4-6-6-1, demolished him in the end. Has Novak come back from his surgery too soon? He said it was <laughs> minor, but look, his match at the Australian Open lost in straight sets to Chung and then has lost, has pretty much faded very quickly against Daniel. Um, do you think he's trying to get his comebacks going too soon, or do you think he should have taken maybe a little bit more time off to rest? I thought he was going to miss a lot more than this. If you're having elbow surgery and you come back after a month and a bit, surely that's that's coming back too soon. Uh, yeah, well, a part of your body, like your elbow, which for a tennis player is just so important, regardless of whether you've shortened your service motion like Novak has, um, it's just such an important part of, of your body, of your physique. So you you really need to be careful of it. And um, yeah, I do think he's come back too early. And we, we saw with Stan Wawrinka at the Australian Open, um, you know, the, the possible consequences of players coming back from, you know, from surgery far too early, uh, yeah. or coming back from injury far too early. Um, and I think we're seeing it again here. Um, it's just it's just too too soon. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I think Djokovic, to try and get himself going... Um, needs to take a bit more time off, and we'll, I don't know. I, I just think he's returned too soon. And look, we'll see how he goes on the clay court side of things, but I'm really not sure. Alex Demonor reached the second round as well. Um, typical fighting win over Jan Leonard Struff, three six seven six seven six, before running into the one Martin Del Potro Express. Um, Delpo's in some supreme form. Where will he finish in 2018, Joel? And is he a chance to take out one of these or one of the majors for this year? I think he'll finish at. Uh, world number five. World number five. Okay, yeah. I I think higher. I reckon he'll go probably maybe two or three. Okay. Um, I think well, Nadal. I, hope you're right. I don't think Nadal's going to do too much more this year. Um, I reckon he'll lose a lot of points. Chilich will be thereabouts. Federer, I think now will finish world number one yep, this year. Sure. Um, Djokovic, I'm not sure where he's at. As we said, um. Delpo, if he stays injury free, he's he's flying. He's he's fine. He's in a peak age of his career, twenty nine years old. Um, still got a few years left on in in his tank. Um, I think he's a chance for for either Wimbledon or the U.S. French. I'm not too sure about yet. Um, and look, I think he's going to finish very highly this year, and it's really exciting, isn't it? It is exciting. Um, yeah, I guess the the one that stands out for me with Delpo is Wimbledon. Uh, I think he can yep. he can make uh, make some tracks at Wimbledon. Yeah, obviously you've got Roger Federer, who's you know so good on grass. Yeah, uh, I think Federer Federer is the one to beat at Wimbledon. Yeah, U.S. Open absolutely. is the one for Delpo. Yeah, and I think the U.S. Open carries a lot of uh, sentimental value for Delpo as well, for obvious reasons. Yeah, well, won it in 09, semis there last year, won the first set against Nadal too, um, and then quarterfinals the year before. So definitely um, definitely some sentiment there for Del Potro. But yeah, I reckon this year could be a very big one for the Tower of Tandil. Hyun Chung as well, back playing some high-quality tennis, reached the fourth round. He'll play Cuevas, could play Federer in a rematch of the Oz Open semifinals in the quarters, should he get through Cuevas, beat Burdich pretty comfortably yesterday and uh, Kevin Anderson also in the form of his life. Pretty smooth run to the semifinals should he get there, but we'll play Pablo Carreño Busta in a rematch of last year's US Open semifinals. So a few good matches to come here at Indian Wells. The draw now, Joel. Um, Federer-Shadi in the fourth round. Federer. 
Federer to win. For sure. Um, so Federer, Shadi. Uh, so you've got uh, Chung Cuevas. Uh, oh, I think, uh, yeah, I think Hyun Chung. Hyun Chung. All right. So Federer or Chung, who gets through to the semis? Federer. Federer. All right. Uh, Fritz Chorich. Oh, this is an interesting one. Good match. Very interesting match. Uh, oh, uh, look, I think, I actually think Taylor Fritz might win this one. Fritz. Okay. I've yeah. got Chorich winning that. Anderson PCB. Carreño Busta. Yeah. Uh, Anderson. Anderson. So Chorich, oh, sorry, Fritz or Anderson? Anderson. Anderson, so Federer, Anderson, semi. Who gets through to the final? Federer. Federer? Yeah, I've got Federer as well. I've got Anderson in the semi. Chung, quarter, Chorich to beat Fritz. Um, Lopez or Query? Oh, this is a tough one. Mm. This is a really tough one. Um, Sam Query. Yep, I've got Query as well. Bagdadis, Ranich. Ranich. I hope Bagdadis wins, though. <laughs> I really do. I really hope he does. Um, Delpo or Mayer? Delpo. Yeah, sure. Um, it has to be. Um, Pierre-Uge Hebert. Against Philip Kohlschreiber. Who would have picked that for a fourth round? Mm, that was very nice, Phil. Mm. Um, no, Kohlschreiber, I think. <laughs> yep, I've got the same. Um, Query or Ranich? Query. Query. Yep, I've got the same. Delpo, Kohlschreiber? Delpo. Yep, I've got the exact same there. Uh, Delpo or Query? Delpo. Yep, who wins? Federer or Delpo Tro? Uh, Delpo. Delpo wins. All right. Well, we've got the same final, but yours, your result is flipped compared to mine. I've got, uh, I've got Federer taking the title over Del Potro. I just think he looks in red hot form. And I think that US Open loss to Del Potro would still probably hurt him from last year. And even the other times Del Potro's beaten him, but it is going to be an absolute cracker should we get that final. But who knows what we'll expect. Acapulco, uh, sorry, uh, Del Potro won in Acapulco. Federer won Rotterdam and the Australian Open. They're both looking in supreme form. I can't wait to see if that's the final. But Joel, that's about all we've got time for on Breakpoint Podcast today. Thank you for joining me. Pleasure, mate. See you soon. It has been a pleasure. We'll see you next week. Remember, guys, follow us on Wooshka. Um, I think you can pretty much Google search uh, Breakpoint on Wooshka and it should come up. Um, follow us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, Facebook, you can like us at Breakpoint. I think it's at Breakpoint One. I think that should be it. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it for Breakpoint Podcast. The interview, oh, sorry, Indian Wells, all done. We'll be back to review the whole tournament next week and preview what's coming up the week after, along with the post Indian Wells rankings. I've been Val Febo. Hope everybody has a lovely day and a lovely week.